There isn't a one-size-fits-all marketing approach to selling real estate. Sure, there's best practices, but I think that you need to develop a strategy that's unique to your brand or your business and that highlights your superpower. So welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you find your superpower and exploring creative solutions to build a more visible brand that consistently delivers an exceptional customer experience. Whether you're selling real estate, loans, title, or escrow, doesn't matter. We've got you covered. Let's go. Welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the subject of net promoter scores, gathering reviews, what techniques work best, and how to do it well. Uh, guys, there's some debate internally between the three of us as to whether or not something like a net promoter score is even really uh, a good idea, relevant to our transactions. Is it too complicated? Are we overcomplexifying things? Uh, but maybe even before we dive into all of that, Ricardo, do you mind briefly just telling us what a net promoter, promoter score is, how that works? Yeah, that's a good question. So I know le- I was looking for a book. So I bought this book called... Um, I think it's called Live or Die and 40 Lessons That uh, Customer Service or Customer Feedback Loops Can Give Us. So it's just how do you create customer feedback loops in your business so that you can improve your business? Um, I I don't understand like net promoter scores as, as, often, as well as other smarter people than me understand them. But I know that um, at WFG, for example, we used to use bird's eye as our as our as our system um and we have it installed at sort of at every branch now we use a, a different service it's called gather up and so what we measure is at every one of our office locations um if anybody has ever done a transaction with us a resale transaction so um where we're managing both the title and the escrow side uh about 10 days after that transaction takes place, we send out a survey to ask them, you know, how do you feel about your experience with WFG on a scale of one to 10? And so what we're looking for is we're looking for what we would call, you know, uh, your super fans or your promoters. If anybody leaves your rating of nine or a 10, then it sends a follow-up email that says, great, Dustin, I'm glad you had such a fabulous experience with us. In fact, would you take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook, uh, Google, or Yelp? Um, if somebody leaves a, you know, rates it on eight or below, then those are your people that you consider, um, your, I think it's like five or below is your detractors. So we send them an email that says, um, what could we have done better? And we use that as a feedback loop to give to management and we use it uh, to give to our escrow team and we use it to give to our title unit just to give them some real constructive feedback on like, Hey, this is how the customer feels. You may have dropped the ball. Here's what we can do to help or or remedy the situation. Um, Super good feedback loop, especially I think on the escrow side, because what what does every other escrow company or title company say about their level of service? Everybody says, oh, we have great service, right? Literally everybody says that. Now, like on our end, at least we have the data to actually back it up. Um, but it's also, in a way, holding um, escrow or, or really anybody accountable because you know that you're getting measured on your performance. So you're forcing yourself to kind of step up and 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 live up to you know the service expectation that that you say you're going to deliver. And then if anybody leaves a rating of like six to eight, those are those aren't really you know anybody that you consider your super fans. They're also not detractors. They're just 
they're just the middle of the pack. Nothing special about the experience. Right. It was fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think we send this out once every 180 days so that you're not constantly harassing an agent to leave you a review every single time. Um, and it's pretty cool for a company our size. Uh, we had a score of 76 uh, last year. Um, between going into quarantine and on lockdown, uh, our rating has actually improved. So we're in, uh, at a 78 now. So we're both gaining market share and improving our customer service rating across the board. And that's um, really surprising that you're gaining market share as your customer service rating is going up because the customer service rating is a lag indicator of how much people are valuing the work you're doing. And if people highly value the work you're doing, they talk about it and then that gets more work. Yep, exactly. So I think we started talking about this because I think maybe for an individual agent, all of this stuff isn't all that fascinating and it really doesn't matter. And you know, once you close a transaction, you just email your customer and ask them for a review. I think that's what we've all been trained to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're managing a brokerage and you're trying to hold your agents accountable and you're trying to grow and scale that brokerage, like look at the process that we've implemented. It's a process that scales exponentially and it's automated and it just runs. And it's a way for us to gather, uh, to create that customer feedback loop, um, get feedback and disseminate it to our teams. Um, if you're an individual or, or if you're a broker, you're managing a team or are you like I have one broker who has five different offices. Um, and we often talk about how he needs better systems in place because he's so disconnected and he doesn't know what anybody's doing. Like, yeah, how do you not have a customer feedback loop in place like that? So, well, and then there's, there's another aspect of this too, is I'm thinking about it from my position as a CEO of a company and I've got different teams out there doing their thing. My, my escrow officers, they're all honest people, right? But even honest people are going to be selective in the kind of information they choose to show me. So when they get a really great review, they're going to come to me and they're going to say, wow, look at what this person said, right? <laughs> of course, that's going to factor into future raises. It's going to factor into any kind of promotions, uh, title promotions or otherwise, right? And so people, we're all like this. We, we choose to promote ourselves and we choose to maybe, I don't know, brush under the rug or hide in some other fashion the negative comments. But if something is automated, that helps to suss out what's actually the case. Because you're going to run across people who aren't happy. You're going to run across people who are going to give you those zero to five scores. Then it's like, all right, well, what would happen? You know, what happened here? And then you get to go have a conversation with your employees and say, hey, I saw this. You know, give me your take on it. And I think, by the way, I want to just put that out there. Just because somebody says something happened doesn't mean that it happened that way, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're in my position, you learn very quickly that you have to hear both sides or all sides, all the sides. Uh, of the story, all the sides. I don't want to offend anyone who's offended by the idea of, you know, bipolarity or whatever. <laughs> that kind of topic is very hot. Anyway, so um, you want to hear all the sides, right? And then you you go in and you make your assessment. And so automation is really great at helping to flesh out all the sides. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this reminds me of because net promoter score. You know, most consumers probably don't even know where to go to look up a net promoter score. So I think as an internal feedback loop, uh, like you said, as a lagging indicator to identify uh, gaps and opportunities, uh, 
I think that's super important, and and I don't think you can brush over the importance of having a, a feedback loop like that. Uh, you know, Ricardo, multiple offices, I, I think you would definitely want to do it, but also think about this in terms of um, you don't have to send this to consumers because every transaction, I'm working with a, with a title officer and I'm working with an escrow officer and we're working with agents and you're working with lenders. Um, those are the people that you can get those feedback loops from because if they think you're doing a good job, then your consumer is probably being taken care of. And what you described is kind of reminds me a lot of our 80-20 episode. You're, that's really kind of racking the shotgun. If you're sending out that net promoter score and they're giving you a high score, you've just identified your your promoters, right? Your your people that are going to give you good reviews that are going to talk about uh, what you're doing. So it's kind of a really cool sorting mechanism, you know. Even even though it's not, um, you know, it's where do you put your time and your energy? And you put your time and your energy into two things taking great care of the people that love you mm-hmm. and doing a better job so that less people don't like your, 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 don't like what you're doing. Cause I mean, you can't see the forest through the trees. So we're just running businesses here and we're cranking along. But I mean, this is actually really cool. Cause when we first brought up this topic, I was kind of <laughs> a little pissy about it. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Nobody's going to know that. Nobody's going to know what that is. But the more that I think about it, that's actually a really, really brilliant way to just test your systems, you know, to test your systems and see how, what people's perception, and it doesn't have to be consumer direct. It can be your, it can be your uh, transactional partners, right? Yep. Yep. No, that's right. So I, I was just trying to look up like how many reviews um, some of our office locations have, but for the most part, it looks like people leave us reviews on Google My Business. Um, I see some here on Facebook for some of our different locations. Um, in Inland Empire, for example, we had uh, 4.9 out of 5 stars on Google My Business. In Portland, we had 4.8 out of 5 stars on Google My Business. So wow. it's it's cool to see. Um, I think we were talking about our, our Oregon location. We had uh, 14 or 18 consumers walk through the door and... Um, just open up a title order with us because, uh, because they, they said you just had more reviews than anybody else. So can you tell us how many reviews your Portland office had or one of the that's ones? What I, that's what I was trying to look up and I, I can't seem to pull it up. I see our Facebook reviews, but I don't see our Google my business. Interestingly enough. Yeah, hmm. that would be, so we have something like 21 reviews at lighthouse and five stars. And, you know, I'm proud of that. I'm very proud of that. I would like to see that number be a lot higher because I understand that, you know, the more reviews you can get, the more, uh, the more trustworthy you are. And in a way, five stars actually is, it's not great. Like five stars is suspicious. (laughs) You're a hundred percent right, Dustin. I think we probably have about 45 now and they're all five stars. So that kind of makes me a little bit nervous, but I mean, those are legitimately those are all 100% real. We didn't pick and choose who we asked to give us reviews. It's, but you're right. That five star review thing. It, it, I when I see five stars, I like to see four and a half. Yeah. I, I like to see four and a half because it seems real. You know. Yeah. Well, and it helps right. them to know too. It's like okay, nobody's perfect. 
So where is this experience going to get a bit choppy, right? It may, it may not be that choppy of a ride. It's, it, it's going to get choppy somewhere. And I, in fact, one of the things I do when I go look at things on Amazon is I look first at the negative reviews. What are people mm. complaining about? And if yeah. I see a trend, that's really important to me because then I get to decide, does, does the thing that's trending here as a negative review matter to me? Um, or, you know, if I just see a bunch of like random different things, it's like, okay, well, uh, are, do these random things, especially because I normally am buying a product, right? And it's a manufactured product. So they make millions and millions ostensibly of whatever the thing is that I'm buying. And you're going to get errors, right? So does it seem like this person just got a lemon? Or does it seem to be something that like is, is part of a series of maybe manufacturing problems or something like that? In other words, the negative reviews are highly valuable. And then I go read the positive reviews just to remind myself that I'm not buying a crap product, right? That a lot of people like it for good reason. And uh, that's where I wonder when I think about, Ricardo, the process you told me about the net promoter score and how that Google review only goes out to people who give you a 9 or a 10. I mean, that is a, that is a bit of a selective audience. And I'm wondering if maybe... Um, maybe... I, I Toss this out, see what you guys think. Would it be smart if a company gave that prompt out to people who gave you anything from like a 7? up so that way you can kind of get some intermixing of you know yeah, it was fine not the best whatever um and just so you can you can help people to feel more comfortable with their choice you know i'm not i'm not sure on the reasoning why we only choose to give it out to the nines and tens um i assume because those are the ones that are most willing you know they're they're why do you give out a review to a customer? You give out a review to a customer like when you're doing a real estate transaction at their moment of highest excitement, right? Um, during a transaction. That could have been, uh, I don't know. That's what we say anyway. Um, because the person is going to be most willing to leave your review at that point in time. So you give it to your nines and your tens because those are the people that you know, highly excited or impressed with what you did. And those are the ones that are most likely and more willing to, to go out of the way to leave your review. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a, like, I don't know enough about net promoter scores and how they work to, to determine like, is that the default or is there a reasoning behind it? But I would assume or guess that that's it. I mean, listen, I, I think if you're, I think if you have a big enough organization and if you truly care about your, your reputation and I, I, I mean, I did, it's a little bit more complex, I think, and it does have to be automated. Um, I think. Uh, I think it probably needs to come out of the CRM. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of how to use it, but uh, you know, it just seems like that it it is a super valuable tool. Uh, do you know anything about? Uh, do you know anything about how to sign up for it? Is it a subscription? Does it does it cost? You know, does it cost a lot of money? Because I know big companies usually use it to to rate their customer service. Like I know I get those things anytime I usually uh, ask a question on a website in a chat box or do a support ticket. I'll always get one of those emails uh, that says, "Hey, how did we do?" And it's those five smiley faces, right? Mm -hmm. Is is that really is that kind of what it is? So. The, the interesting thing about the net promoter score is it's not a list of reviews. You can't go and see what people are saying about you. It's truly just a measure of sentiment 
about the experience that they had. And it's and it's a grady a gradation of sad to happy face and, mm-hmm. and everywhere in between. So it's really just um you know, because I mean like like Twitter does that where they can they can pull the sentiment in a thread. Right. They can tell whether a, whether a thread there's algorithms that can tell whether things are positive or negative just by the words that are being used. So that's that's really what you're that's really what you're doing. What you're doing there is you're you're just saying, you know, what was your mood? <laughs> you know, what was your mood when you got done with this? And that's that's an interesting question. I, I haven't really thought about that, but that's a really interesting question. Uh, we're using gather up. We moved over from bird's eye. I think we're paying we're paying fifty dollars per location, uh, but I'm looking at their website and it says it's like seventy five dollars a month per location, and that gives you basically a hundred daily, a <laughs> hundred daily requests, which is pretty insane. That's 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 more than I think any broker I know would uh, would need. That's and again, really and. It, and again, I just think about this. If you're an agent that's doing, you know, four transactions a month or, or several transactions a month, or you're managing a team or you're managing an office, like especially if you're managing an office, this is where I think having a system in place like this creates a good feedback loop and it's a great way to scale just your review gathering process. Because how many agents have I talked to or have you talked to where they literally have no systems in place for getting more reviews? Like I have one agent who's been in the business for what close to thirty years. She um, she crushes it in Laguna Niguel. Um, she's has she has maybe three Zillow reviews. That's it, three Zillow reviews. She's been in the business for thirty years, and she's amazing. Um, she's getting beat on some of her listing appointments recently because another younger agent who's been in the business for twelve to eighteen months has like 17 five-star reviews on, on Zillow. I'm sorry, but um, we live in an, uh, in a world of social proof and yeah. um, you know, online transparency when you, I it, like, it's not suspect to me. Like I totally get it. It makes sense. We live in a five-star review culture. We just do. Um, so or, we're in Scott's case, three and a half stars. We don't need to put that up now, <laughs> but, <laughs> I do not know of what you speak. <laughs> now this is um you know this is this is fascinating. We talk about at least in our system and in our, in our process uh about kind of framing that review. So as you go along part of our scripting uh part of our scripting when we're talking to people initially, uh we tell the consumer our, our goal here is to give you five-star service. And, uh, and I just want to let you know that because we're going to ask you along the way, we want to make, we want to make sure that we're maintaining our promise to you. Mm-hmm. And, and so we bring it up occasionally and we do what's called a halfway survey where, uh, like halfway through the transaction, uh, we'll give them a call or send them an email and just say, Hey, we're, you know, we're about halfway through, just wanted to check in, see if everything's going smooth. So I think this net promoter this this net promoter score type of a scenario is probably even a better way to 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 do that and i mean you only you have you only have a couple of pivotal uh interactions with the person but i mean i'm thinking in terms of a loan officer uh you know like the application and the approval process 
you know, those are kinds of those are the kinds of things that you should see if you, you know. I think that the reason that promoter score works so well is because you don't have to write anything. You know, it has a. It usually asks for a, a chat box. Do you want to leave comments? But you can literally just choose your smiley, and then you're done with it. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a really cool low bar. <clears throat> Uh, a, a really cool low bar to 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 See, just kind of make sure you're get you're staying on track. And, and and I just want to point out because I know a lot of customer service companies do that. Like I look at um, WP Engine whenever I submit a request, I always get that um, that survey back, radar service. We're not doing this on every interaction. We're only doing it uh, post close. So once you close a transaction, mm-hmm. and you're only doing it once every like I said, 180 days if it's a repeat customer. Mm-hmm. But um. And and again, I think it's super valuable for those brokers. But um, if you're an agent, like I know, I, I always tell my agents, one of my brokers does this. She says, um, hey, Dustin, we're going to provide such great uh, customer service. I know a lot of companies only say that, but I know we're going to blow your socks off. So um, can I count on you to leave us a five-star review on Zillow when we're done? And so she has sort of three milestones during a transaction where she, that's how she tees it up. She goes, I know we're going to, our team is going to do such a great job for you. So can I count on you at the end of this transaction to leave us a review? Um, person says, yes, whatever. And so her three milestones are kind of, um, if, if it goes, if the property goes under contract and the client is super happy, then she asks for a review or a testimonial then. Or <clears throat> another milestone might be, uh, they're satisfied with the inspection process and um, any conti- removing any contingencies, and you know they're super happy. Then she asks for the review. Then, or or the last milestone for her is you know when they're at the uh, closing table, she definitely goes and, and asks for the review. Then, doing it that way is like a super manual process, and that's what a lot of a lot of agents do. A lot mm-hmm. of agents forget to ask for the testimonial, or they shrug it off and say. Oh, I'll just ask. Uh, I'll ask them for it later. But you know what you're missing is you're missing that that peak. Um, I, I don't know that peak happiness level, right? Yeah, um, they're never yeah. going to be as excited and as happy and as thrilled as they are in that moment. So I think waiting around and asking them for a review a week or two or thirty days later is is kind of a it's a mistake. Well, we. I mean, I think we talked about this before. I mean, I. I, I recommend getting reviews from people that you don't end up doing business with. Like if you talk to somebody and you just decide, well, now's not quite the right time or you had a good conversation with them. Hey, you, you know, this kind of what I tell people is I say, you know, listen, this is the Internet. Who knows what you're supposed to believe on the Internet? So if <laughs> I was able to help you, if you don't mind, um, just saying that, you know, I want people to know that this is a safe place to get good information and and you know would you mind leaving a, a you know a quick review of just describing the the scenario that we had the conversation that we had and and people love to do it i mean i just started doing that with find my way home and we don't have any products or services with find my way home i literally only help answer consumers questions and and for years they've you know people are like can i send you money can i do something yeah. and i was like now I'm just kind of helping people, but I started doing that with the Google My Business with Find My Way Home. So, I mean, we probably only have nine or 10 right now, but we didn't do any transactions with those people. I only literally answered their questions. 
and and they're all five star reviews and they're all glowing and they're and and so could you imagine now that you get uh you go to somebody's reviews and you see like 20 reviews that say well, we didn't end up using them, but I called them and I had this question and they took the time, they walked me through it. And when I'm ready, I'm definitely going to use them. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of how powerful that is. Like if you're a consumer and you're looking at that, just that whole, because you're right, Ricardo, you know, there's a little, it's a little tricky asking the people that are super excited about the transaction to leave you a five-star review because you're really being super selective on who you're asking and, and what information you're getting and time and time again. Yeah, it was a good transaction. It was a good transaction. So when it comes to feedback loops, um, I think it's okay. And I think it should be encouraged. The quantity is definitely quality is great, but quantity when it comes to reviews is, is also super powerful. So looking for any opportunity that you can get, uh, to get those reviews along the way, I think is super important. I, you know, I'm thinking a little bit more about all this that we're talking about. And one of the, um, this isn't directly related. So hang in with me for one second. So one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is momentum. And I've been thinking about momentum because COVID killed momentum for everybody. But momentum is so critical to being able to execute in your business. Um, the best metaphor I can come up with to explain this is if you've ever been jet skiing on a stand-up jet ski, not a sit-down wave runner, but like a stand-up jet ski. You can't stay balanced and upright on a stand-up jet ski unless you have speed and momentum. Because if you don't, if you're, just, if you're still, there's the, the, the ski's imbalanced, you're going to tip over. Um, more to the point, you can't do anything exciting. You can't do any kind of tricks. You can't jump the jet ski into the air. You can't stand it up and spin, all this kind of stuff, right? Unless you have speed and momentum going into it. And one of the one of the like silent killers of momentum is if there's something going on in your operation that you're not aware of that's turning people off. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is where something like the net promoter score can can be very valuable. Because if you're in my seat, and you're running an operation, you simply do not have your eyes on every single transaction and all of the points of communication in the transaction. You just don't. There's too much going on in every in any given day. There are thousands of emails blasting through your email pipelines. And even if you wanted to watch them all, you can't. And then you shouldn't be watching them all because then you've got your eye on the wrong thing and you're not advancing the ball for your overall organization. What that means is because of that reality, the absence of knowledge can be a momentum killer. And the way to get momentum is to figure out where you're getting these wins and also where you're getting your losses, solve for the losses, double down on the wins, go faster, you can get more done, right? So all the other stuff we talk about in the marketing trench, stuff like uh, the 80-20 rule and going through your database and figuring out who your top people are and really pouring into that. Well, that only makes sense if you have a database. Most <laughs> makes sense. It mostly makes sense if you have a database of people. Or if we're talking about doing Facebook marketing or Google marketing, you know, right now I'm um, talking to an agent who's considering a kind of expensive marketing campaign. It'll probably cost him five and a half grand, and you know, he's trying to weigh, you know, weigh through whether or not he can do that. Well, he can only make those kinds of considerations because he's doing the kind of volume that lets him spend five and a half grand 
on a totally novel idea, right? Um, if you don't have the momentum, you don't have that kind of ad spend. You can't take those kind of risks, right? And this, Scott, you've talked about this so many times on various episodes of how, uh, you know, part of what you do at uh, your company is at BuyWise and Buy My Way Home, but at BuyWise in particular, is you just go out and you try lots of different things and a couple of them work and a bunch of them don't. And, you know, that requires money and it requires time, which is also money. Mm-hmm. Momentum. It's all about momentum. And I think that's the, as I'm just thinking about this right now, like that's really the opportunity I see here. It's not just about whether someone's going to Google and see that you have four and a half, five stars. It's not about just about the trust assets. And if you don't know what I mean by that, listen to our previous episode on trust assets. It's really, it's really good, in my humble opinion. Um, it's not just about those things. It's about being able to build up that momentum in your business context by being aware of what people actually think and feel. Uh, and you're doing it a lot. Like you have to do it a lot. It can't just be one-offs. Like you, you need to know like a gas gauge or like a speedometer what's happening in real time as, as regularly as you possibly can. Well, what's also interesting in our, and in, in, I, I just want to go back and, and reiterate that, that when we're talking about these types of feedback loops, it's not just to the consumer, it's to your transactional partners, because when we're in real estate, there's so many hands involved in this. And if you provide a bad experience for the consumer, it's not always because one person screwed up. It could be something that's a systemic problem um, and you may not know it. Right. So the bad review could be the result of a systemic problem that happens somewhere else. It could be one of your transaction coordinators. It could be my processor, how my processor communicates with the escrow officer and causes delays or pisses people off and they don't want to do business with us anymore. So those kinds of those kinds of feedback loops and, and you're really looking at your system because when you talk about momentum, it's about trusting the system. Like if I put gas in, I know it's going to go from here to there until I run out of gas. And it, it's like that's that's really tightening up your systems. Experience, like you said, is a lagging indicator. And a poor experience is not always isolated. A lot of times it's evidence of a systemic uh, challenge that you're having, whether it's delays, communication, time, processes, per- procedures, whatever it is, um, really understanding. And I think that's an important part of this conversation is, is reviews isn't just look at me, I'm great. Review is a feedback loop to see how well your systems are working. It really is a lagging, a lagging indicator that's indicative of something much more important and much more vital to your business systems, to your business processes. Yeah. Well, um, guys, I feel like this might be a really great place to wrap up, but I want to make sure, do you guys have any kind of closing thoughts on net promoter scores? Uh, Ricardo, what is the name of the uh, program you guys use? We're using GatherUp. Okay. And like I said, pricing is pretty good. It's 75 per month per location. I think we were using BirdsEye before. Um, I can't pull up in for pricing on BirdsEye without putting in all my information, unfortunately. Dude, I hate that so much. I hate that too. <laughs> I hate that wow. too. I was you uh if you're just a single agent, um I was looking at and was considering using a service called SimpleSat. 
Um, and that one looks like it's $79 a month. So unlimited users and limited emails and limited surveys. Uh, what I like about that one, and I'll put this in the show notes, by the way. What I like about this one is that it gives you some pretty cool like uh, feedback widgets that you can install on your website if you have a website. But mm. um, looking at it, it just kind of seems like it's it, that one's very like customer service centric. So like if you're running, I don't know, an agency or lead pops or whatever. Um, but yeah, we're, we're using gather up and, and we like it, all of the reporting that it spits out. Like I said, we send reporting out to local area sales managers and to the higher ups. Um, and it's just that consistent feedback loop. But yeah. I would say if anybody has, you know, questions on how to set up a, a review process, just in your CRM, if, if you're a single agent and you just want to have an automated uh, follow-up email that goes out once you close a transaction and you add a tag of closed to your CRM. Um, I have some drip campaigns in a Google Drive that I can send over uh, to anybody listening to this episode. Um, and if anybody else wants to learn a little bit more about GatherUp, I can walk through our kind of presentation deck, how we're using it at a higher level um, and things like that. Cool. This was um, this was a cool conversation. I, I, I wasn't sure where this was going to go. And I hadn't really thought about this, but as we talked this thing out and I kind of wrapped my head around uh, what this represents and how you could integrate this and, and how valuable this could be, um, I think this is super powerful. I think this is a good topic. Great job, guys. All right. Well, hey, if you are wanting to listen to our previous conversations on topics like building trust assets or how to apply the Pareto principle to your marketing, MarketingTrench.fm is the place to go and check out previous episodes. You can also find us on any one of your favorite podcast uh, podcatchers. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, Pocket Cast. We're on Overcast.fm, which is my preferred go-to. So check us out there. Uh, subscribe. And if there's a review function, we do appreciate your reviews. You can catch our sister podcast with the Real Podcast Disrupt Collaborative. Um, Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative, excuse me. Um, we're a proud uh, initial podcast partners in the Real Disrupt Podcast Collaborative. So go to realdisrupt.com to listen to their great podcasts, podcasts on lending and other uh, topics sales related. So check it out, realdisrupt.com. Uh, and finally, uh, you can join our Facebook group. We have a little Facebook group. It's a bit quiet right now. We've, uh, we've all been pretty busy. So there hasn't been a lot of activity there. But if you do have questions or want to share great resources like GatherUp or others that you're coming across, please do share it with our community there. It's a place we're trying to build to make it um, useful for other people. I mean, that's the bottom line. We want all of this to be useful. We want to help people. We want to share uh, the wealth of knowledge that we've all built. And if you feel like you know, you've got knowledge and you want to share and be generous, that's the place to do it. Until next time, this has been The Marketing Trench. Yeah. <laughs>